we have returned, folks, <laughs> with another episode of your favorite horror movie podcast. That's right. It's Loathsome Things. The best horror movie podcast. The only one. There aren't any others. Yeah, we should probably change the name from a horror movie podcast to the best horror movie podcast. <laughs> the only. <laughs> my my name is is uh, John. That's that's uh, that's my name. And with me is Josh. Josh, how's it going, sir? It is going quite swimmingly, sir. Thank you for asking. Oh man. Oh boy. <laughs> what about you? How? are you i'm doing pretty good uh i'm doing pretty well uh good and well well and good mm-hmm. okay oh. i don't know what the fuck i'm just like i'm an idiot You're so good at this this is so bad <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing all right yeah. <laughs> and uh what are what are, what are, what, are, what, are, what are we doing here today today we are uh uh reviewing dissecting uh deep diving uh spoiling and uh fifth thinking uh Blair Erickson's Banshee chapter. Oh, that's right. Banshee chapter. Yeah, Blair She Chapterson. Yeah, it's a Lovecraftilish adaptationy yeah. horror sci-fi film. Yeah, I don't. It, I mean, is it an adaptation or is it kind of like an homage? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen an adaptation of a thing that then cites the thing that it's adapting within itself. It's like the the grain of an idea taken from the you know the original from beyond story but which they then reference directly in the movie so it's not really an adaptation even though i've I've read that that's what it is it's more just taking an idea and running with it yeah and that's how pearls come to us Mm -hmm. yeah and this is kind of a pearl it's pearlish yeah it's pearly i call this one pearly (laughs) pearline He's my girlfriend. <laughs> Come on down, Perlene. <laughs> we gonna watch uh, a moving picture. Uh, so, uh, how how uh, <laughs> how did we come about uh, being to review this movie today, John? We came about being to review this movie, John, uh, via a recommendation from uh, a fine gentleman by the name of Pinhead X. Oh, yes. Um, as who is a, an old friend of mine um, and actually has a name that isn't Pinhead X. But I'll leave it at Pinhead X because I mm-hmm. forgot to ask him if he wanted us to use his real name. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's wanted, in, he's wanted in 13 states, so I don't want to. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I know, that's another stupid joke that should have never been said. Whoops. <laughs> he's wanted in the unluckiest number of states. Great. Yeah, but he's a he's another fan of the show and uh this was one that he he pitched at us. As it turned out I had seen part of it, but I never saw the whole thing before. And uh so that's a great recommendation. It's uh it certainly fits the kind of stuff that we do, so it'll be fun to talk about it. Yeah, and it's like right in our like little like target area. It's from 2013 and like that's that's like 
the very beginning of when horror movies were really going again. Yeah, no kidding. I wanted to uh, read off some fun trivia about this movie. Yeah. Um, it originated as a Yui Bowl adaptation of the Alone in the Dark video game franchise. So what an auspicious way to begin. <laughs> so strange. And then after after people realized that why does Yui Bowl have a career, yeah, uh, it, exactly. it landed in the lap of Christopher Nolan, who discarded this entire project to work on Interstellar, the movie about how the fourth dimension is love. Aww. Mm-hmm. I just peed a little. <laughs> <laughs> and then somehow it, it made its way to a guy named Blair Erickson. Blair Erickson. Yeah, Blair Erickson. Nice. <laughs> and uh, he's uh, he's a weird dude. He's very strange. Uh, if you Google him, you'll find his LinkedIn. And um, uh, I've, I've got a little quote here about Blair. Uh Blair Erickson is a technologist and creative director whose work spans entertainment fields from film, television, video games, interactive virtual worlds to online video experiences. He wrote and directed the Netflix thriller Banshee Chapter, the first feature film <clears throat> in history released in a virtual reality format. I like how you slowly morphed into a semi-British douchebag. Yeah, no, <laughs> just like the actress at the end of this movie. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. <laughs> so would you describe would you describe Blairickson as a jack off all trades? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> he's like a manaisance man. Oh shizzy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It is also possible that Blair was a minor league baseball pitcher from 2007 oh, to 2009. <laughs> but even though the face on Blair's baseball card looks almost identical to that on his Reddit AMA photo, it is possible that they're not the same person because LinkedIn Blair reports himself as attending Carnegie Mellon and baseball Blair went to UC Irvine. <laughs> wow. So, so weird. Who could say? <laughs> and wasn't this movie shot in fucking like 3D or some shit? Uh, 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 oh, 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 no, it's in here. It is the uh, first feature film in history released in virtual reality format. Yes. Okay. I wonder if anyone's seen it that way. I doubt it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what VR goggles you have to put on to access Netflix because he is very firm about this being a Netflix movie. Yeah, that that's yeah. yeah. I mean, they don't even broadcast that way. So what the hell? Maybe maybe they do. Maybe there's like a, a, a what is it? Oracle? Onicle? Mm. Rot, rot, rot. PS4. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe there's some Netflix app that works with the uh, the old uh, head goggles. Maybe they have a secret hidden signal. Um, like oh, shit! <laughs> Meta! <laughs> That's what the ice cream truck was doing! I just beat a lot! <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> That's 
That's it. I'm dying already. Yeah. (laughs) So this is Blair's only movie. And whenever you like read his LinkedIn, it is it is pretty clear that this dude is like, all right, next challenge. I will found some sort of sales company. Oh, and then for my next challenge, I'm going to do a completely different thing. I am so many things to so many people. (laughs) I am Blair Erickson. Restless soul. (laughs) Viking costume aficionado, maybe. (laughs) Whoa. Yes. Wouldn't put it past him, but I have no uh, evidence that he wears Viking costumes. It's let's just say it's highly probable. <laughs> yeah, there is a, a anachronistic horn helmet somewhere in someone's <laughs> closet, and Blair Erickson is almost certainly nearby. <laughs> Think of it what you will. Yes. <laughs> uh, this movie stars Katya Winter as Anne Rowland, a British friend to a missing conspiracy theorist. And a journalist. You might know her best as Nadia on nine episodes of Dexter, Katrina on 31 episodes of Sleepy Hollow, or as little Nina on five upcoming episodes of The Boys. The Boys. The Boys. (laughs) What a timely joke. (laughs) Nailed it. And alongside... Katya Winter is Ted Levine as Thomas Blackburn, a character that can only be described as Thunder H. Shompson. <laughs> you probably know. Go Good old Teddy, Teddy Levine. <laughs> Amazing Ted Levine, who you probably know as some kind of policeman or perhaps a football coach or something from a variety of movies and TV shows. <laughs> or a guy who wants you to put the lotion in the basket. Holy shit, is that him? Yes. Oh, wow. Yes, it is. Holy crap. He is Buffalo Bill. I had no idea. I haven't seen that movie in a very long time. And did he have, he didn't have facial hair in that movie. No, he. but he'd had a lot of hair hair. Oh, yeah. Yeah, got that, got that lotion-y back hair. It's good. He did, he did that, the tuck twist dance in front of the mirror. That was pretty slick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all in pursuit of them sweet, sweet oysters. <laughs> Put the horse under the fucking bastard. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch that again. I did not. Now I can't. I can't unpicture this Thunter H. Shompson. <laughs> he's fantastic in that. In in this in this, he's hilariously over the top. I mean, and that's that's the idea. Oh yeah. Um, not that he isn't over the top in Silence of the Lambs. He's quite yeah, subdued in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. I yeah. Have no idea. The mighty Ted Levine does a pretty good. I, I, it's like a riff. I mean, it's it's like a blatant, you know, uh, characterization of Hunter Thompson, but, but it's. Um, you know, he still kind of turns him into a, a slightly different kind of character. Like, he kind of owns it in his own weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he does. And if for a significant portion of this movie, it is like the main draw. Because uh, while Con- Katya Winter looks the part of the uh, famous Hollywood actor, um, sometimes it's just real rough. <laughs> 
Yeah, she's not great. Uh, her whole, like, let's have her just be this scrappy reporter who apparently works out of uh, the office space office or something. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, a, a, a shitty rundown office with, like, hyper-competent crew and, like, an entire department devoted to being able to retrieve information from old VHS tapes. Like, it is a, a serious operation that just looks like it's from a 1980s cop show. Yeah, no kidding. But then when they get to the, the Shunter Thumpthum part, yeah. like his his house actually kind of, like if you've ever seen shots or footage from inside Thompson's house, I mean, it actually kind of has a same, similar feel. And like they they had a pretty good grasp of, of Hunter Thompson. I mean, it was kind of like even the book covers reminded me of Thompson book covers from the seventies and stuff. They, they actually did a pretty good job with that. Yeah. They really went for it. And then is the ending of this movie, uh, uh, without giving away spoilers yet, is the ending of this movie? Like, is this Blair Erickson's, uh, hypothesis about why Hunter S Thompson was that way? (laughs) Yeah. It's it. I guess it kind of is. Which, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Also in this movie is a whole bunch of leftover actors from... um, Oh, Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Thank you, sir. Yes. Yeah, just like a bunch of them. Like, they had them left over. They were already in the desert or whatever, so they might as well be on this movie. They were just wandering around the desert, and they just kind of picked them up on their way through. Yeah, they found an ab- abandoned Walking Dead, uh, damn it, Walking Dead, Breaking Bad set, <laughs> and uh, they're like, oh, look, hey, y'all want to be in this movie. What are you guys doing here? Oh, it's just out of work. Oh, do you, you guys uh, want to be in a movie? You want to be in a movie with confusing geography? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's full of people that, uh, a bunch of people that had small roles in, in Breaking Bad and I guess relatively small roles in a, a whole host of other things that we've all probably seen, but don't remember that particular person in it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it's like uh, <laughs> grandma in something. It's like the Grocery bread and butter. yeah, the bread and butter of Hollywood. The people who are in you know actually doing all the hard work. Central casting. Yep. Yep. And they they do a great job because you don't notice them at all. Like they're there. <laughs> But they they uh, they just they do their job and we move along with our lives. Yeah, we don't get distracted from, you know, the the story or whatever. And, and yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, everyday person role fulfilled. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> Be an experiment, you guys. Yeah. Um, John, before we get into the full spoileriness of this business, would mm-hmm. you suggest that individuals the kind of individuals that would listen to this podcast all the way through, should they watch this movie before listening to us talk about it? Or should they not care and just listen to us instead first? I think generally speaking, I don't, you know, I mean, if you're into horror movies and you listen to this show and you have any idea what we do, I I definitely watch it first. Um, All right. Because we will spoil it. And uh, I think that takes some of the fun out of it, at least with this movie. Uh, what yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Same? Yeah, same. Yeah, definitely watch it. It's worth watching. It's available for free. It's uh, it's completely enjoyable. I will be getting cranky while reviewing this movie, but <laughs> 
that is just from having watched it multiple times and like paying close enough attention to take notes. Mm-hmm. But during the first watch through, I was like, oh, this is great. And then second, second watch through, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so just, just watch it. Maybe don't pay too close attention. And, um, uh, I guess share, uh, Blair Erickson's LinkedIn, uh, on your social media channel so that he can get a job or something. <laughs> He's working on something new. Yeah. Something new. That, that uh, doesn't really have any information on it, so I have no idea what it's going to be. Just another yeah. movie. Yeah, because we don't have IMDb Pro. Uh, yeah, fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Amazon, for putting things behind a paywall about movies. <laughs> Whatever it is, it's called In Memory. And it could be an abandoned project that like, they thought about doing in 2018 and then haven't done anything with. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah, because that stuff litters... Uh, uh, IMDb, it's just hard to find because they're not connected to anything. Yeah, yeah man, I'm gonna make a t- totally making this movie, man. Finally got it together, and it never yeah. gets made. Yeah, it's like uh, I'm sure there's. Uh, it's probably easier to find Joe Dorowski's Dune, uh, but that <laughs> yeah. didn't become a movie. Yeah, exactly. Pretty good documentary, though. Oh, yeah, the documentary's great. I want that book. Yeah, get that book. Watch that new Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so go away from us now, dear listener. <laughs> Watch the movie and come back and listen to us discourse. No, dude. <laughs> Been in the river. <laughs> well, we're back. And this movie opens on an MK Ultra montage, but actually, like, there's this part of it where, um, Bill Clinton, it's a it's a uh, video footage of Bill Clinton apologizing, and it's made to seem like Bill Clinton is apologizing for the MK Ultra experiments. But what he's actually apologizing for is the Tuskegee syphilis study, and that feels a little weird to me. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, as a little uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, I'm like ooh, weird decision. But okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, brutal. Yeah, moving on, uh, there's a bunch of home video style footage of a guy saying that participants all reported being approached by the same entity. We're not told the name of that entity. Uh, and then we're introduced to James, who is doing uh, some military grade DMT while his friend tapes the whole thing. Uh, and then after he takes it, uh, creepy lo-fi ice cream truck music starts coming out of a nearby radio and james says it's coming towards the house followed by some jump scare business yeah some jumpity scare business that uh if you've seen any modern horror movies you've pretty much seen this effect yeah it's you've got the pale face the all black eyes and the twistedy mouth and uh ah! Oh, you weren't expecting that. Yeah, you weren't expecting it, but you kind of were. Yeah, just a, a little bit exactly that. <laughs> um, everyone in this movie lives in gigantic, awesome houses, two stories, big, big landings, guns mounted to every wall. It's great. Yeah, it's just another example of how everyone in the movie world is really rich. <laughs> yeah. Even the poor people are rich as fuck. <laughs> Yeah, even this guy who is a a conspiracy theorist about government control and is yeah. going to do drugs about it. 
Yeah, and is a failed novelist, apparently. Yeah, yeah, a non-successful novelist who just lives in a huge, amazing house and is able to get a very famous novelist to send them military-grade, high-level, super-designer drugs yeah. in order to fuel his... I don't know why. <laughs> is in order it for to- his novel? <laughs> I don't remember the reason why. I think maybe he, I I don't even remember. It, it, you know yeah. what? Because it doesn't matter. Yeah, but he's got he's got like all kinds of composition books full of shit, and for some reason he's into it. He's just super into it. Yeah, he is. I mean, even though he doesn't even remotely look like some sort of psychic warrior, like he's just some doofus. Yeah, he doesn't look even remotely interested in hallucinogens, but that's fine. Yeah. Although he is, he's like a college graduate now, but he's still wearing his college sweater. <laughs> it's so fucking ridiculous. It's very weird. I love these hallmarks of, of like, you know, semi-amateurishly made movies where it's like, well, we want people to know that he went to college, so let's get him this college sweatshirt. <laughs> it's like, we know he went to college, you fucking told us, and no one cares. No one cares. It could, I guess, I guess it was just for that, that big reveal that she, um, she, you know, he got left behinded towards the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I also like the, the way the movie handles the, um, the fact that he clearly is like totally into her, which, which of course he would be because she's completely gorgeous and he looks like a fucking doofus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, She's clearly not having it, like, even though I don't think it was supposed to be that way. There's a scene in a, where they're in a bar. Like, she like, has these stupid flashback moments with thinking about all the great times they had, which apparently includes sitting at a bar, having a couple drinks when he tries to kiss her and she turns her head away. And then um, her musing on, did I love him? Oh God! It was it. It wasn't until the the third time I watched this movie that I got their actual dynamic because it was so boring. Yeah, it was completely uninteresting. Like if you're gonna, first of all, if you're gonna have them have some kind of thing, at least have them match up remotely when it comes to like. I mean, she's beautiful, and he yeah. just looks looks. He just looks like you know just any other twelve year old doofus. Yeah, he he's uh yeah, he's he's the uh guy that's like, "Oh wow, how did he get her?" You know, just the standard one. Which I feel like this is a little bit of a uh like wish fulfillment maybe on the part of Blair Erickson, like yeah, getting be, the yeah. uh being the regular guy that's trying to be extraordinary and then like having it be that that uh that beautiful like British bombshell that uh, turned you down turns out that afterwards she'll remember that she did love you or something. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I loved him after all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure you say that line. Yeah, yeah. Get get it in there. Look wistful. <laughs> And so all of this is happening and we're seeing and the British journalist uh, watching the footage. Uh, she go she snoops around his house and looks through all of the paperwork. And, and there's all of these things like her explaining why she's doing this, explaining how they used to like go on friend zone dates together and just talk all the time while she was banging horrible other dudes instead of him. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, then she uh, ends up going through this. She hears the uh, the ice cream truck music on the video, and she finds some TV repairman, and he teaches her all about numbers stations because he's a shortwave radio enthusiast. And then she goes out into the desert to find the source of the signal. Oh, yeah. But don't forget at the end of her uh, her interview with him. I, oh, first of all, I love when she walks into his, his little TV repair store and she's just hi. like, uh, hi, uh, but to tell me everything you know about shortwave radio. <laughs> like, and don't you would no one would ever say that to a shortwave radio guy because, you know, no. you'd be there for like 50 hours. More wish fulfillment. She's like, well, let me show you how to bounce a signal off a meteor. Yeah, he's like, here, come back to my uh, lair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my creepy back room where I keep all my good equipment. <laughs> and then at the end, she's like, so tell me, uh, is it true that you spend some time in the NSA? Remember that little bit yeah. where she asks him about being in the NSA and he's like, what, wait, where did you hear that? Wait, uh, I'm not going to talk about anything like that or whatever. He, yeah, he gets all like touchy about it. And I don't know why. Like, why is she bringing it up? I guess that's how she she identified, like located the guy in the first place. But as she tells him, she found the information on their fucking website. Yeah, and he's all like getting picky about it. Like it's some big secret. It's like, yeah. dude. <laughs> He's probably the janitor. He's like, I literally just clicked on the About Us page, and there was your name. <laughs> we do secret business for the government, and this guy is our janitor. <laughs> now tell me, why is a TV repair shop even a thing now? <laughs> Am I the first person you've seen in here in years? That's right. She is occasionally British. <laughs> I'm slightly British. Yeah. I'm kind of going in and out of it, you know? <laughs> I vacillate Britishness. <laughs> yeah, and so, like, he gets all puffy at her. He was already pretty creepy. Yeah. Um, but then he was like, oh, I prefer not to talk about that. And then he just, that his part of the movie is over, and... Uh, she drives out into the middle of the, the desert. It's the Black Rock Desert, I believe. Yeah, I think that's what they said. Yeah, and uh, and that shows up because it's on a map. This movie likes to reference maps and like pull them out and point to them and have different little things written on them and post-it notes and, and all kinds of goodness with maps and... Uh, <laughs> multiple map sessions lots of lots of good maps and talking about the desert and oh look at that it's in the desert oh man that's where the that's where the weird shit happens yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's good and it's very strange that at no point in all of this desert business about like oh uh number stations and um mk ultra no one is like mm, area 51 it's like no we're gonna avoid that we're not we're not weird conspiracy theorists okay yeah don't go there guys yeah no he's gonna <laughs> don't go out in the desert <laughs> okay <laughs> At, at this point, we get the first sprinkle of experimental footage of people on DMT saying that something can see them and is approaching them. And there's also footage of uh, scientists extracting DMT directly from a corpse's brain. Which I, I got to put the brakes on that. Like, what mm -hmm. the... F 
there, there are so many ways to get DMT. What difference does it make if you extract it directly from a pineal gland? Well, it's a direct source, John. That's so stupid. There's any any natural source of DMT is a direct source, right? John, have you ever been around people <laughs> that like DMT? Uh, I don't know that I've been around people that like it. I've 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 uh, been around people that have used it. <laughs> All of everything I've ever heard from people that like to talk about DMT, at least they talk about how it's something that the brain secretes in the pineal gland. And they all think that that's really neat. <laughs> yeah, that's true. They do. They do think that. But I mean, you can get it from like, you can get it from plant, you know, ayahuasca is DMT. You can get what? it from, you can get it from, there's a fish that you can get it from. There's uh, uh, a, the 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 toad licking is is a version of DMT. I mean, <laughs> wow! All of this is news to Blair Erickson. Blair Erickson. <laughs> now, later we're going to get into. Well, we'll get to it. There's a formula for this DMT or something. Oh yeah, it's it, yeah. I forget what they call it. it yeah, N seven H two C eleven. Yep. <laughs> that is the one. The very basic formula for DMT. It has four ingredients. <laughs> That's right. Um, so after all this, and figures out that James got the DMT from Thomas Blackburn. There's a video montage that then happens that is straight out of other movies. I guess now is a good time to mention that this movie is basically like a Franken movie of other things smooshed together. Yeah. And so we get a uh, like highly color filtered montage of, of a uh, good old uh, Ted Levine being Thunter H showing uh, <laughs> lots of things like uh, there's a reporter that's been tied to a chair and then thrown into a swimming pool while he shoots a shotgun from the roof and a naked lady is like, he's not coming up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, there's, there's another one where he's like, apparently spiked everyone's drinks at a political convention. He spiked all of their drinks with acid while he's being escorted away and is wearing the ruffly shirt. Yeah. He's got the ruffly shirt and like a, a like a tuxedo vest. Always with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth in some state of either lit or unlit fashion. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so she's going to find this guy. After, oh, yeah. After she talks to her editor, who is almost a non-character, but like just knows everything and is great at stuff. But most of the time we don't even get to see her face. She's kind of like a back of the head editor that knows stuff. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that, that whole part is just like so useless uh oh it, it's because uh, uh in the video the main guy james james said that he got the dmt from quote friends in colorado or some shit like that that's right and it, it turns out that that's the name of one of thomas blackburn's novels and so that's how she figures out that it's him yeah because he signs his letters that way yeah that's right that's right so she approaches the salty, boozy character pretending to be an American fangirl, and they carouse until he finally invites her over to do drugs, where uh, she then goes. There's, she, he even says, he says, uh, join me and some fellow travelers. Uh, yeah. And um, 
Then it turns out that by fellow travelers, he means one other girl. <laughs> one weird lady. Yeah, who is, uh, it looks like she is using a teardrop squeezer to mix essential oils together <laughs> with food <laughs> coloring. <true>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that is apparently her making DMT at the kitchen table. <laughs> As one do. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, Anne pretends to take the drug that is offered to her, but secretly dumps it into the trash. But she does drink the whiskey that Thomas offered her afterwards. And then he reveals that the DMT wasn't in the blue thing that she dumped out, but it was in the whiskey. And he tricked her because he knew that she was a journalist the whole time. Oh, he's not just some crazy drug guy. He's also kind of clever. So clever, this drug guy. And uh, there's this horrible scene where she, whenever he tells her this, she slams her hands down on the table and calls him a motherfucker as she stands up. And it is so cringingly poorly acted and directed. I don't know how it made it into the movie. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's really bad. <laughs> yeah. And it stands out so hardcore as just like someone trying to do acting. Ugh. Ugh. Stand back, everyone. I'm about to act. I'm gonna do an act. <laughs> and uh, while all of this is going on, apparently Callie is having a bad trip. And um, Anne goes down to check on her after weird screaming noises. Callie says that it can see me and it's coming closer. Uh, then something crashes in through the window and Callie starts screaming. It wants to wear us. That's right. Which it, it's all pretty, pretty good. Creepy. It's jump scare stuff, but mm -hmm. it's good jump scare stuff. Yeah. it. I mean, it works. It's pretty effective. Yeah. There's a, there's a, a scene where like they're, they're looking, there's like something banging on the door and the lights of, of course they've gone out. So now it's just what all we can see is what's in the flashlight uh, beam. And then all of a sudden, Callie's face, you know, turns into pale white, black eyes, twisted mouth, and then uh, computer animated blood starts pouring out of it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, virtual reality or something. Sure. Yeah. If you had your goggles on, it would be really cool. <laughs> Why don't you have your goggles on? <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be Blair Erickson's response on our Twitter is going to be, if you guys had been wearing goggles... <laughs> <laughs> the man who single-handedly set back VR filmmaking by decades. Man, maybe we should try this. No, uh, you need to watch this. Go watch Banshee chapter. What <laughs> chapter? I don't know. It's called yeah. that. <laughs> wow, there's really no reason to use that technology at all. Mm, wow, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> what if we watch it as a normal movie? Hmm, probably better. Yeah. Yeah. It's just it's just not necessary. No. Like I this, mean, it's it's not a stuff flying at the camera. You know, the camera is not part of the movie, really. Yeah, there, there. At no point is there a scene where, like, you are from the perspective of the pencil sharpener, and a kid is like bringing the pencil in to sharpen it inside of you. It's none of that. Yeah, it would just be three D. So you're just you're just basically wearing goggles and watching a three D movie, which doesn't visual depth isn't that big of a deal in this movie. And most. You know, at least half of it is done in relatively, you know, the depth of field isn't that isn't that far. Yeah, you know, there's some there's some I guess some of the scary moments where they use 
distance as a way of kind of building tension. But and I guess that would look pretty cool in 3D. But but yeah, Come yeah. On. I think I get it now. Okay, so one of the questions I've had is like, all of this is shot in um, like found footage style. Yeah, but there's no cameraman with her. It's just her and and Thomas Blackburn. Yeah, what's that about? I guess because it's VR, we are the camera. We're like an invisible presence following them around. Okay, uh, fair enough, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of camera movement. They they do a good job of not making it, uh, you know, make you dizzy or any of that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah, but but like just enough of it to make it feel like you know you're you know doing VR stuff. Yeah. Okay. Good try, Blair. <laughs> I'll accept it, I guess. Yeah, and, and when our listeners decide to spring for you know our oculi, then we'll be <laughs> uh, we'll be happy to watch it again in VR. Hell yeah. I would do that. I bet uh, I bet it's not available anymore. Yeah, it's probably not, yeah. <laughs> or it's like if you go to the VR movie section, there is this and all two other <laughs> VR movies. <laughs> also the one where you're in a shark cage and, oh no, nothing happens. <laughs> so this is an aside. I'm looking at the chemical formula for DMT and it's not the thing that the guy says. Well, no, because that's not a uh, that that thing that the uh, that they are are feeding people isn't DMT. It's the special thing. Oh, that's right. It's not actually DMT. Yeah, it's it's uh, the what he's like. Uh, the government corrupts it and makes it something horrible. <laughs> that's right. It's magic evil sauce. Yeah, fuckers. <laughs> Pretty much. So uh, after all of this stuff happens, Anna and Thomas wake up uh, on the floor and uh, Callie's gone and punches Thomas in the face because he drugged her. And she was she it's like this whole like supposed to be a cool one line thing where she's like, oh, and before I forget and then punches him. <laughs> Would you say that she was going back to Callie? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> so stupid. <sighs> Classic. <laughs> uh, there we get more experiment footage where a patient disappeared uh, while they were observing them on the drug. And then they are just wandering around looking for her. And turns out she's behind a curtain and more jump scares happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, jump scare to be. Yeah, which at first it was cool. It was like, oh, shit, when they take this drug, they can just straight up disappear. But then she was just hiding behind a curtain. So it wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> they they can just straight up hide kind of well. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, no, where are they? They've disappeared. Oh, no. Ah, a curtain. My bad. <laughs> So they've driven away. Thomas uh, begins to hear chattering and then blacks out. Uh, he's He gets the rolly back in the head, white eyes and blood coming out of his tear ducts. So they drive further away to get away from the source of that. Mm -hmm. uh, he hypothesizes that the drug turns the mind into a receiver. Hmm. This is starting to sound familiar. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, they then, uh, without explaining really what they're doing, they get on uh, one walkie-talkie 
the we never really see the other one, but uh, Thomas stays in the car while uh, what's her nuts Anne. Anne gets out and goes into some housing development while they talk on the walkie-talkie. She goes a snooping in what we then find out is Callie's empty, unfinished house. Yeah. Uh, while Thomas summarizes the plot of H.P. Lovecraft's From Beyond. Yeah. What a, what's the deal with like desert, like movies that are shot in the desert? There's always like a, a semi-built housing uh, development in, in yeah. desert movies. I don't know why, like contemporary ones. Yeah. It, it's always like either they're in the middle of working or, or more popularly, it's a housing development that uh, the, the builders gave up on halfway through. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's like they spent all of the money on land and they, they built the, they poured the foundation, built the frame, put on the facade and they just called it quits before like installing the light switches. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, all right, everybody out. We're done. Hey, this sucks. <laughs> this looks semi-creepy. <laughs> all the houses look the same. Good. <laughs> I mean, maybe maybe if we lived there, we'd be like, oh, yeah, no, that's totally like all of these developments around us. I'm sure it is. I'm, I'm sure that's just, it's just the way it is out there. I guess so. Just constantly be. building shit and then running out of money. it's so weird and i don't know if you noticed but like the instant that she turns on the walkie-talkie his like he had been talking to her and he was just like inches away from her and then all of a sudden we can't hear him in the shot we can only hear him from the walkie-talkie that's right yeah (laughs) and and it's this great setup it's this fantastic like 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 softball for uh uh like creepy stuff to happen or for like cool noises to come through the walkie-talkie but it doesn't happen he no. just uh he just talks to her tells her about from beyond and um over the course of her snooping around he just falls asleep yeah he's just suddenly not present yeah and it's i guess all for a jump scare whenever she like leaves the house she gets in the car not worried about him at all and then he wakes up and that scares her yeah i know <laughs> It was a little wonky. It's so weird. Let's see. Oh, uh, she ends up finding Callie's lab in the basement. Her lab is also her like tech center and conspiracy theory library and everything else. She just has all of her stuff in the basement. Yeah, it's her her hipster underground culture uh, uh, collection. Yeah. It's where she mixes DMT, makes notes on maps, and has uh, uh, old video playing equipment, and then very new surveillance equipment with very conveniently placed cameras. (laughs) (laughs) The only security camera that works in the whole place is the one watching the stairs, which she could see from the monitor. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then um, she, so, so Anne is looking at this uh, uh, surveillance footage. She, oh, she finds all this stuff. She finds like the location of the place where MK ultra apparently happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, she finds uh video footage or uh audio recording from the video footage 
of a guy being given DMT and then in creepy demon possession voice reciting the chemical composition of something, <laughs> which is apparently the version of DMT that they want people to take so they can become receivers for the aliens or whatever it is. Yeah. But if that formula is necessary, how did it get into the person that's in the recording? Yeah, it's... See, and this is why it's probably not best to ask a lot of questions. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's quite possible that there aren't any good answers to them. Okay, yeah. It's also weird, like, if the chemical formula is, like, a special one that has to be, like, souped up, why are they taking shit directly out of the brain? (laughs) I know. It's like, this is the greatest, this is the best shit right here, let's doctor it. I guess so. That's when she finds the... Uh, security footage of Callie walking down the stairs into the basement that she's currently in. And then Callie hides underneath the stairs and it's eight minutes before Anne herself arrived. And she can see that no one has moved out from under the stairs in the meantime. Yeah. Which is a kind of a cool little, little uh, idea. Yeah, it was, it, it's solid, creepy factor. Good, good stuff. Um, yeah. And then with her flashlight turned off, she starts talking to Callie and going up the stairs one step at a time, very slowly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> kind of took the scariness out of it. Yeah. And like she, she specifically turned the flashlight off so she couldn't see whether or not Callie was under there or whether or not she was moving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And and then a giant, creepy, long-fingered hand arises to grab her and misses, and she gets away. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. She closes the door behind her. It bangs on the door real strong. But then she, she gets away, jumps into the car, uh, gets jump-scared by Thomas Blackburn, who has passed out. Before before he passed out, he was just bored with the whole thing, too. He was like, hey, can we finish this up? I'm sleepy and my eyes are bleeding. Yeah, I know. He's He seems to assimilate uh, difficult situations rather easily. <laughs> yeah. She was like, hey, I found the, the location of like all of this stuff. I found this formula. All of this stuff is here. And he was like, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, this is... You're bleeding out of your fucking eyeballs, dude. <laughs> it's going to take more to, to make this guy have a good time. Yeah, just a little bit more than this. This is boring to him. <laughs> um, so so they drive away and uh, they figure out that the whoever, the what, the they are using the chemical to create more receivers. And Thomas reveals that he secretly never actually gave her the drug. So <laughs> yeah. Fun. It's a triple fake. Zang. Great. (laughs) Psych. (laughs) Who cares? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (sighs) We are then treated to more experiment footage of the uh, scientists sucking the brain juice out of a corpse. But now we see that the corpse is shooting out enough electricity to shock uh, the scientist and then come alive and strangle him. Yeah. Yeah. Just go with it. 
great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so they decide that they're going to drive to Chamber 5, which it turns out is an old fallout sh- uh, shelter with mm-hmm. a radio antenna. And their plan is that they are going to destroy it with a single gallon of gasoline. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's fail safe, really. Yeah, what could go wrong? <laughs> Don't worry, I have one gallon of gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> and it's an entire fallout shelter. But you know what we should do first? Thoroughly snoop the place out. <laughs> yeah, because something truly horrible is happening here. That it's just one of the another one of those instances in a movie where you know people in people in movies have no sense of self preservation. Which no, I, no. you know, I guess be. I guess the person writing it is just not thinking that they're thinking about where the story's got to go, but you know, but you, you, you got to understand that people are watching these movies <laughs> and they're based on, you know, on like real life, like people and people's experiences. And and if you make it like completely illogical, people are going to notice that stuff. Yeah. I mean, we already knew that uh, uh, Thomas Blackburn was not interested with this place, and yet they're still going there. She's, I guess, some sort of really uh, death wish journalist. So I guess it makes sense that, you know, if she's a, uh, she has no idea that this would seem like a good idea to her, but it really doesn't seem like a good idea they also don't explain where they got the extra gallon of gasoline. Is that just something that they had in the car? I mean, I, I can tell you that, like, if if I ever in my life, like, you know, was was in a room with somebody who suddenly their face went like like that Callie lady's face and then started barfing blood juice. Mm-hmm. There's no fucking way that like that whole thing would be done for me. Oh, yeah. No, I'd be like, okay, where's my keys? It's it's been a pleasure, Tommy, and uh, good luck on the rest of your career. I need to go to every hospital. (laughs) God damn. Yeah. You wouldn't be like, you know what? I think the ultimate idea here should be that we end up at at an abandoned uh, uh, government drug research facility. Yeah, uh, where which is clearly the hub of all the horrible shit that we've experienced. That's basically an un- unexplainable. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. The center of several different like mysterious conspiracy theories and and like government cover ups and uh, monsters, alien or other dimensional, whatever it is. Let's uh, let's go in there, but let's bring a can of gasoline. <laughs> yeah. Fret not, because I have one shitty flashlight and a can of gasoline. Yeah, and I brought this old guy who's half dead. (laughs) Brought this old guy whose eyes went all white in the back of the car, but I'm sure he's fine. Yeah, uh, from from uh, I'm safe from a monster that wants to wear people to turn into other monsters to kill things. This guy who went all bleedy eyed, definitely the safe one to go with. Yeah, it's another one of those movie issues where it's like people in the movie refuse to accept anything until someone has completely laid it out for them. Like you're never <laughs> you're you're never allowed to have a hunch about anything that approaches reality. Like. Hey, you know, I've been kind of putting this together and this is all fucked up. I'm done. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. I need to, I need to get to the bottom of this. Like, do you really? <laughs> like, you, don't you think maybe you've heard enough? <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of approaching reality, um, wasn't part of the thing that like 
the music would play when something was getting closer to them. And like the whole idea of them driving away was that they were too close to the thing. And that's what made his eyes roll back and get all bloody. I guess maybe that's what it was. Did but they then, say that? Well, I mean, they, it just they seems never, that way. They never say anything in this movie. It seems that way. But then they as they got closer to Callie's house, they were also getting closer to Callie and he was just fine. And it didn't make music play even on the conveniently nearby walkie talkie. Yeah, that whole yeah, th- those kind of things were were really clunky. I and it was it was confusing, like you said, like the way he just kind of goes back and forth between hopelessly fucked up and and just his regular self. Yeah, worried and then doesn't have a care in the world. Like he's actually bored. Yeah, pretty much done with it. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and there's even a point where like whenever he's bored with the uh, what is it chamber five, it's mm-hmm. like we get an idea later why he might be, but then he's totally just down with going there. It doesn't yeah. make sense. I'm no. cranky. <laughs> It still doesn't make sense, even if you're not cranky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, after they after they as they're snooping through chamber five, we can see that it's the same uh, um, staging as from the experiment footage. Uh, they find a glowy tank and uh, there's a little little port window on the side of the glowy tank and there's a really cool jump scare face in it. Yeah, who would have ever guessed? Yeah, it's like the uh, the face off the cover of Possessor, and uh, it just yeah, like, yeah. kind of floats into the scene, and they're like, ah! <laughs> um, and uh, and then they start hearing the ice cream truck music coming from the conveniently located transmitter, which is next to the glowy tank. Seven, six, six, seven, eight, six, nine, six. Being possessed by an annoying woman counting and bad ice cream truck music. Yep. That is, that's what happens. Thomas starts getting possessed. And so he is like, oh, nope. And kills himself. Yeah, he, he really doesn't waste a lot of time. Yeah. Doesn't think about it. Not worried about it. Doesn't have a care about that book that he hasn't finished or anything like that. Yeah. Just time to go away. Bye bye. Yeah, it's just, I'm sorry, Anne. I, good luck. <laughs> I do appreciate, though, that even though his character has now shot himself through the head to death, um, our friend Ted Levine is not done acting because his body slumps against the door. And then a uh, later, uh, the monster will try to get through the door and he has to pretend that uh, the door behind him is shoving his body. So he has to do cool, jerky, limp body motions. He did. He really did a great job of playing dead. Yeah. Nailed it, Ted. <laughs> dead, dead. Oh! Uh- <laughs> Uh, then she starts to run away from the awesome fingery monster thing that just barely comes out of shadows ever. Mm-hmm. And uh, then she smashes the little window on the uh, on the tank, on the glowy tank, uh, which from then water pours forth. OK, mm-hmm. so this this little window is pointing down and water is pointing forth, pouring out of it. So what she does then is she splashes <laughs> one or two splashes of gasoline up into the window that water is pouring out. 
<laughs> Perfect. Yeah. And then lights it and it blows up the tank like a hand grenade. <laughs> Yeah, it was this remarkably powerful gasoline. Yeah. <laughs> that isn't in there at all. It all would have spilled out onto the floor, <laughs> but it blows up just the tank. Um, and then she wakes up and that half of the room is on fire. The other half of the room's lighting has not changed. <laughs> and uh, uh, the the pile of like transmitter equipment doesn't look like it's been damaged at all, but apparently it's fine. Uh, she leaves. As she's leaving, she finds a pile of James's burned up clothing where obviously he was the long fingered monster that wasn't Callie. And she starts to cry and think about how maybe she should have gotten uh, some of that D before all of this happened. <laughs> and uh, then she just walks out into the ambient desert dawn and it seems like the movie's over, but it's not. <laughs> it's real, real dumb. <laughs> and I'm real cranky about it. <laughs> Go for it. Uh, she then uh, now we see she's at the uh, sheriff's department and she's talking to her editor about everything that happened and uh, then she starts to hear weird noise coming from the radio. They talk about James's camera friend who was taking all of the footage. And even though he didn't take the drug, he also disappeared. She then hears the ice cream music and her editor turns into one of the scary jump face, uh, jump scare face monsters movie over. So, uh, so Blair Erickson decides that he's going to make this quirky, intelligent horror film about NK Ultra and DMT and and you know mind control and and derivative of of Lovecraft and Hunter Thompson. All sounds like oh, this could be pretty cool, and it yeah. is. But it then, is. But then at the same time, he he does things like at the end of this movie where he decides, you know what? Let's let's pick like one of the like most overused horror movie tropes that we can. Mm -hmm. And just and leave like so that the last thing people see of this movie is one of those stupid gotcha jump scares that everybody saw coming. Yes, it was 2013 and uh, he really liked movies from 2008. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's it's weird because talking about it, it, it it's like I liked the movie a lot less than I felt like I liked it watching it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. And it's just because it's it does have some serious problems, including like some really bad logic errors and, you know, some some just kind of bad ideas, badly, maybe good ideas, but badly, uh, badly expressed. Yeah, fantastic. I would say this movie is full of great ideas that just were not executed on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, it was, it was the same thing, like watching this movie, I I was having a great time. It was just like whenever I sat down to like analyze it, to take notes, to like really try to wrap my brain around everything. I was like, oh, this is this is garbage. <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's like you have all these ideas and then you have to get actors to try and, you know, get these ideas out. And if you don't have your shit together, you know, you're not you're forcing the actors to have to try to fill in the gaps by acting and yeah. <laughs> acting like. 
that kind of acting is probably not great in a movie like this. Like you, everything needs to be nailed down pretty tight, I think, you know, cause, and you've got all the, you've got the skeleton of a really cool idea and, and a group of ideas that, you know, the, the story is decent. It's solid. Um, yet if it, if, if it had just been handled a little bit better and, and some of the performances were better, it, it could have been great movie. It is an example of how writing, you know, really, really writing a story is hard. Yeah. This one, there was, they, they had like the story beats that they wanted to hit. They're like, oh yeah. And this, and this, and this, but they didn't really have, it seems like a great idea of how to connect it all together. Yeah. And then they also were having a hard time with filling up time. You can tell because there's just like a whole bunch of like footage of her with the camera pointed at herself in the desert, just thinking about how much maybe she loved James. Yeah, that's that's a total waste of time. It's it's completely oh, so boring. It, and it, it, it's irrelevant. I don't give a fuck how she cares about him because it's it's not there's no depth to it. You know, yeah, yeah. It it didn't make any of the moments land better. It, it didn't contribute to the story. It was just also something that we had to sit through. Yeah, I mean, I'm perfectly okay with a movie, you know, where people are or have feelings for each other or they're exploring that or whatever. That's great. And, and it can be done really well, but there's no reason to put it in this movie, you know, other than to just say he was my boyfriend or something, which would have been mm-hmm. fine. There's no reason to add, you know, this, this element that makes it a little bit more confusing. Like, did she like him? Did she not? Do I fucking care? No, I don't. Nobody fucking cares. <laughs> did he whine to all of his friends about her? Yeah. <laughs> Does his penis look like a little wine cork? Did he have a creepy folder on his computer where he'd saved Facebook photos of her? <laughs> Is he naturally hairless? Does he smell like an open can of fresh tennis balls? Oh, God. I don't know where that came from. Whoa. <laughs> Some people like that smell. I did until I said that. <laughs> Uh, and so so this movie is called Banshee Chapter. And at the beginning of this movie, James is talking about the fact that uh, they all all the people that did this, that took this drug, described the same thing coming after them. And the camera dude is like, what did they call it? And he was like, well, it's the name of the chapter. And that's it. I don't think they ever use the word Banshee in this movie. Yeah, what does he mean chapter? Chapter of what? Yeah, what chapter? I guess. And, and why Banshee? Why Banshee indeed? All of these people were familiar with Irish folklore? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, they were like, well, I went through the Dungeons and Dragons monster manual, and the thing that most resembles it is the Banshee. <laughs> we toyed around with the idea of calling it the gelatinous cube chapter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> No one could agree to call it the ogre jelly. <laughs> the shambling mound chapter. <laughs> there are other ones, but they were copywritten. Oh. <laughs> Ooh, Banshee. Yeah, they can't copyright that. We'll name a chapter after it and then a movie. Yeah, that was pointless. So that's the title of your movie. Completely pointless. Yeah, not involved. No, and and then to top to top it off, the cover of the movie, while a, a you know like a, a very strong image graphically, is useless. Yeah, 
Like it's not, it's, and, and I don't particularly care for it, but it's, it's just like, what is, it's a person with their skin taken off and like a sculpture. And then in the background is, is like little bits of little snippets of images from the movie. Yeah. Little, little, little character headshots. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's like one of those, um, like anatomy textbook photos of, uh, of a human face without the skin with all the like little muscle groups colored in differently. Yeah. But it's supposed to look like real good and spooky, but it doesn't. With like floaty molecular uh, digital imagery. Mm -hmm. And and, and then up on the top, uh, because this is going to rope. I mean, seriously. Let me pull it up. I'm going to, I got to look at it again now. Yeah. I mean, like if you were going through, you know, if you were going through Netflix and you were looking for something to see and you, you saw this and you were like, oh, wow. Okay. So they, it's a, it's a anatomical uh, creature with the top of the skull cut off so you can see the brain with images projected messily over it so that like her head is partially on the brain and partially on the okay whatever that's fine but then like oh look at the title banshee chapter cool I, i'm sure that's going to figure into the movie but i don't know if i want to watch it yet i just <laughs> i i don't oh, wait hold on hold on from the producers of margin call Oh shit, it's gonna be good. Just <laughs> cancel my appointments. <laughs> Get me a daddy daddy, baby. It's going down. I don't know. I don't know what that was. I don't know what I yeah. just did. Natty daddy? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> You're right. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, the, the top of the cranium is cut off so you can see some some very unwrinkly brain. Yeah. Um, you, you see a picture of her doing sad face, uh, one, one mushy face guy, one thing, uh, one good shot of the finger guy, which you totally would not notice unless you're analyzing this cover. Yeah. Unless you saw the fucking movie. Yeah. And, uh, and then there's Ted Levine, uh, post killed himself. Yeah. It's a lot of information to put on there that is really not relevant unless you've already seen the movie in which case you don't give a shit about the cover yeah the creepiest thing about this whole movie cover is the uh gross skeleton muscular man's eyelids <laughs> yeah no kidding that's, that's uncomfortable i don't like yeah. looking at that he looks badly infected yeah <laughs> that guy <laughs> it reminds me that like in the movie when the they're extracting the 325 milligrams of <laughs> Of pure DMT out of the lady's uh, uh, brain. Yeah, that I like how after he's done, her brain like like bounces back into position as if it like recoiled from the needle or something. Yeah, like it's made out of like gack or something. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? She's she's dead, and even if she was alive, it's not like brains move. No, it's a little bit like brains move, my guy. <laughs> Also, did you notice that it was a uh, opportunity for Blair Erickson to get some titties in this movie? I did. Yeah. yeah. And I will give him credit. That's that's very, very creative of you, Blair, to get some, yeah. just sneak some boobage in there. Yeah. Nothing like some, uh, some, uh, yeah, dead, dead corpse nanas. <laughs> that's right. Let me pause. I need to go tug one out. Oh man, and she's on her back, so they're like sunken in. <laughs> Great, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> good, good creative choice, Blair. <laughs> hey, Blair. Um, <laughs> what the hell, bro? <laughs> Uh, so, John, if you had to rate this movie uh, on a scale of zero loathsome thing, loathsome thing, yeah, loathsome things, Aww. to a total between zero and a total of five loathsome things, mm-hmm. how would you rate that movie? And what would you say about it? But I'm giving it a two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. It's not good enough to be a three, which is the the greater part of five. Um, <laughs> just doesn't seem fair. Good math. <laughs> and uh, just, just just three just seems really generous. Mm-hmm. Um, it was entertaining. That's the half the half a point. The two points are you know for a dead pretty good story and uh, some pretty cool ideas. Some a good performance and uh, or at least an entertaining one. And uh, then the lack of, of storage is uh, because it's just a fucking mess. Yeah. It's a hot mess. And I will say that, that when the creature shows up at the, at the very end, it's actually pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That, that was actually a pretty decent moment. Yeah. The good, like uh, finger monster things. Yeah. That, that, those were pretty cool. Yeah. I like those. Those were good. Yeah. That was uh I mean, in that respect, I, I guess it's definitely worth watching, and I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, I wouldn't recommend watching it too closely or watching it too many times. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't recommend watching it with, like, the intention of taking notes or no. uh, watching it with people that take movies too seriously. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like, if you smoke weed, it'd probably be a pretty fun movie to watch if you were high, I would guess. Yeah, um, I don't smoke try, anymore. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe try taking some DMT and then watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, if you take any DMT, you're probably not going to remember much. What? I don't know. <laughs> Damn, What's I that? Dead? I want ice cream. <laughs> I don't know you why. You can tell that we both know a lot about DMT. <laughs> well, I know DMT trips are pretty short. They don't last very long. Oh, for real? Yeah, and they're extremely intense and... Uh, they, you know, people often lose physical control and and uh, lose touch with reality. It's that usually almost exclusively lose touch with reality. There's a lot of like people drool and laugh a lot and you know describe things that they're seeing. And you, usually, you, you you need to have somebody with you when you do it because uh, you know you can hurt yourself just falling around and acting like an idiot because you believe you're somewhere else. Oh, so it's like being real shitty drunk. <laughs> it's like it's like the most intense acid trip probably you've ever had condensed into five minutes. Oh fuck! Yeah, that and then stronger terrible. than that. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be a very cosmic experience. A lot of people, you know, believe that they've contacted some alien intelligence or some shit. Like it's just those kinds mm-hmm. of experiences are very believable on on DMT. Maybe maybe finding some kind of banshee. <laughs> yeah, and, and then make not making a movie about it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I made a movie about DMT. <laughs> you know, it's funny talking about this movie. I felt like there were a lot of parallels that I didn't really catch with Intersection. Like not the movie itself, but just kind of the experience of talking about it. it felt like we were kind of describing Intersection in a way, like kind of B level performances and yeah. I, this one is way better than that. Though. It is though. It is. It is way better. I mean, yeah. It's it's watchable. It's not like I mean, 
Intersection is funny to watch because it's so bad, but really it just sucks. And this movie doesn't suck. Yeah, this is this is like uh, uh, the halfway point between Intersect mm-hmm. and um, The Empty Man. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. So what, what, what rating did you give it? I gave this movie a uh, a two and a half, uh, no. no, a two point eight ah, out of five. Right, uh, loathsome things. It was mm-hmm. way better to watch than it was to analyze. Uh, rewatching it with a critical eye made me grouchy about the details, like I've been talking. Um, mm-hmm. But if if you're just watching it for a regular plop your ass down and watch a movie experience, it's plenty of fun. I. Uh, I really appreciated the play with the MK Ultra and the number stations things. You know, it's yeah. the it's the kind of stuff that's fun to read about unless you dive too deeply into it on the internet and find the sad people. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so 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 that was great. Um and I wanted to recommend to our fellow uh no, our listeners. Not fellow listeners, we don't listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> We're not stupid. <laughs> Uh, from the same year as this, tw- uh, 2013, uh, Rennie Harlan put out a movie called Devil's Pass, which yes. is a horrorization of the Dietlov Pass incident. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's kind of, it, it does with the Dietlov Pass incident what this movie does with uh, MK Ultra and Number Stations. And from beyond. And Ish. from beyond, yeah. It just Ish. uses fewer source inspirations than this does yeah it does kind of have a a similar kind of path to to that movie that's true yeah and uh it's you know um it's the kind of thing where if you didn't know about it afterwards you're gonna go research it or while you're watching it you're gonna research and be like "Ooh, neat whereas i feel like with this movie this movie some people are gonna watch it and they're gonna like add an extra thumbtack and felt string to their cork board yeah, yeah, I, I, and just to be clear, I mean MK Ultra was a real program, True. and uh, and just as a little trivia side note, uh, what's his nuts? The Unabomber was mm-hmm. involved in the in MK Ultra. Uh, he was he was one of the people that was given hallucinogens against his will in the MK Ultra program. Holy shit! And he was very very angry about it later in life. I guess so. Jesus. Yeah, it definitely contributed to his uh, Ted Kaczynski. That's it. It definitely contributed to his his uh, issues, his mental issues. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. One of the things about MK Ultra was like apparently, like if you worked at the CIA, people started to learn that it it wasn't safe to eat the food in the lunchroom because they would just like <laughs> randomly lay stuff with LSD, and so like regular like work people at the at, at the CIA would just end up on a high that was being studied, and God, so they're like, no, just... bring a bring a bag lunch to work. Wow, what a night! Like it probably would have been a really cool day for like ninety percent of the people, and then that ten percent, their life was ruined. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, it, like it, it, it really depends on your point of view, man. Like, if you're like trying to get this data entry work done. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how much data have you entered? Hey, go fuck yourself! <laughs> uh, you are a giant bird. <laughs> have you really looked at your keyboard? <laughs> What are all of these symbols even for? It's like I'm looking at a picture and it works in my brain as a picture, but it's just a series of dots, bro. (laughs) 
Uh, and we should we should talk a little bit about the uh, Tuskegee syphilis uh, prod study, whatever they want to call it. It's got a bunch of names, and they are all worse than the last one. Um, yeah, but that's yeah. at the beginning, uh, the footage of Bill Clinton apologizing for the unethical treatment. It's about that, which is, uh, you know, the famous Tuskegee Airmen. Uh, they they did a, um, the American government did a project where they wanted to see what would happen to the specifically African-American male if they had syphilis that went untreated. So they on purpose infected Tuskegee Airmen with syphilis, never told them that it was happening. Once they started getting sick, never told them, oh, it's syphilis. What they did and never treated them for it. Instead, what they did is they just recorded how the body handled, you know, dying from syphilis. Basically. Yeah, and the mind, too. I mean, it's it's your 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 uh, cognitive function to, can decline, too. It's, it's like you basically go insane. Yeah. <clears throat> it's yeah. horrible. It's super fucked up. It's super fucked up that the government, which, you know, likes to talk about how much they love people that are in the service, took a bunch of guys that were in the service and fucking ruined their lives. Yeah. Intentionally. It wasn't yeah. like it, it's like put in my brain, putting someone in the service is, is uh, ruining their life already. But True. that's, you know, <laughs> but but taking somebody who has chosen to serve their country and actually is hoping that, you know, this this might be a, a positive net positive and then having that same fucking government secretly give you syphilis and not mm -hmm. treat it just to see what will happen. That's fucked up. It's super fucked up. Yeah. But it's it's okay because Bill Clinton apologized. <laughs> yeah, in the 90s. Talk about like that. That's like if you survive that whole thing, which I can't imagine many people did, then that, that would be like getting invited to the White House in the 90s and having Bill K Clinton kick you in the balls as hard as he could and then send you home. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I did not ever give you syphilis. <laughs> I did not inject that woman with D with syphilis. Yeah, Miss Lewinsky. And I, I kind of feel like it's a missed opportunity on behalf of Blair Erickson because, like, he used the footage. He came across the footage. He was like, "Oh man, that would work great." Too bad it's about the Tuskegee uh, syphilis project or whatever. Let's just cut it out to make it fit. It seems like he could like fit it in, like the fact that it was that and just made <laughs> make the beginning of this movie even more horrific. Yeah. But instead he like erased that part of the context from it. And uh, that's that's pretty weak. It is. And it's unfortunate. I mean, it. It, you know, obviously we're, you know, we, we're doing a podcast. We're having a good time. We're being critical. And, you know, that's just part of the fun for us. Uh, We're virtue signaling. Yeah. I've never, I've never written a movie script. Uh, and, and I'm sure that it's not the easiest thing to do to write a good one. I mean, anybody yeah. can write one, I guess. You just have to write a good one. Um, and that can't be that easy um, because there's so many terrible ones out there. But, um, you know, I, I feel like this guy has a good script in him. Maybe he needs a better screenwriter. And, you know, they can collaborate with the ideas because um, I know that, you know, I mean, it's it, he wrote the damn thing. And also and here's OK, I'm a little spastic minded here, but That's what uh, what is up with Zachary Quinto being involved as like an executive, I, executive producer? No, That's so weird to me that he's in on this. Is he like a horror guy? Like I'm that's news to me. 
I think he might be a little bit of a horror guy. I know he does. Um, he likes to do like uh, kind of spookity. Uh, he does. Uh, he reads audio books like mm. um, the the author. God, I can't remember his name. The author that does like the red shirt series and stuff like that. The sci fi mm-hmm. author. Yeah, uh, he, he likes to he, he reads that guy's like audio books for his like creepy subset of books. Oh, he went to Carnegie Mellon. Maybe, maybe that's how he was involved. He knew. The hey, team. there we go. Yeah, he's from Pittsburgh. Okay, the the same alma mater. Oh, that could be. That, I mean, it could be as easy as that. Uh-huh. I guess that's uh, that's even more evidence that maybe uh, Blair Erickson wasn't a minor league pitcher. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And this all this all adds to the, uh, the something I wanted to mention. So, like, w- we had a little Twitter comment from <laughs> the director of one of the films that we covered. And uh, it, it reminded me that, you know, it's quite possible that some of the people that we're talking about might hear these episodes and man, get, get in touch. Yeah. Tell us that we are wrong and assholes because we very well may be both of those things. We do talk a lot of shit, but at the same time, we both, I think it's safe to say, speaking on your behalf, that we both have a lot of respect for people that do this. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we love watching movies and I, I loved watching this movie, even though I didn't think it was, you know, one of my favorite movies. It doesn't matter. I still enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. So if you were Blair Erickson and you've listened to us all the way at this point, thank you for making this movie. It was cool. It was. It was cool. I, it, you know, it's better than any of the movies I made. And True. I'm aware of that. So, you yeah. know, I mean, we're just being critical and, you know, whatever. We're having fun. Don't take this shit personally. It's hopefully I don't. I hope these people don't, because that's not our intention. Yeah. Blair Erickson, the Tuskegee syphilis experiment. That, that's a little that's a little <laughs> questionable, bro. <laughs> you did that to those people. It's a little it's a I understand it's movie and it's fiction and you're you're you know it's an opportunity to kind of lend an air of of reality or authority to the to the to this idea that the government is, you know, involved all the way up to the top or whatever and so you, here's an opportunity to have a president who's apologizing for something that's kind of in the same neighborhood, sort yeah. of, except that it isn't. But I mean, it, it was close enough that they could use it for this movie. And I get that. I mean, it was cl- a clever idea. It's just considering what it is that he's apologizing for. It's a little, that's a little heavy. Oof. A little rough. A little rough. I mean, you know. That, that that's the kind of thing that's just inexcusable. Not not I don't know about the decision that he made, just the the, the Tuskegee Airmen experiment itself is is just inexcusable. Yeah. Now to be fair, the extent of my research on that is that there's a little little button in, in the IMDB trivia section that says that it could not be true. <laughs> oh no, I think I think that if I remember if I'm remembering, I actually believe I remember when he did that. Oh shit. Yeah. Okay. I, I do remember and thinking at the time, well, I'm glad he's doing that, but what a load of bullshit. Yeah. You know, like the, the, the government, oh, whatever, I'm not going to get off on politics. Don't get me started, but uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. Even since then we have issued much lesser and worse apologies. For, yeah. Yeah. For e- equally horrific and some even like massively more horrific scale things <laughs> that they just like they'll issue an apology on a day that no one is paying attention and <laughs> we'll yeah. give it no fanfare like oh yeah also sorry about this 
Yeah, it's like now they call a press conference and walk up and uh, this this press conference is uh, regarding the Tuskegee Airmen experiment. I just wanted to say uh, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming, everybody. Yeah, the, we're gonna send the uh, people of Hawaii a uh, I'm sorry card that we bought at Hallmark, <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna put a five dollar bill in there. We call it reparations. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, we we just alienated some people. Oh yeah, it's so good. So get in touch. Uh, tell us we're idiots. Tell us you like our commentary. Recommend stuff. Uh, whatever, whatever you want to say. Find us, and you can comment and share funny pictures and recommendations, suggestions for how to improve this podcast as a whole. You can complain. You can tell us some cool trivia or make up some cool trivia that we will then quote as if it's real and make assholes of ourselves. Twitter and Instagram at Loathsome Pod and uh, Facebook at Lonesome lo- Lonesome <laughs> yeah. Loathsome Things. Yeah, loathsome Dove. <laughs> We, Robert Duvall is the we, what we do basically, folks, is we cover movies with Robert Duvall in them. Yes, this is the Robert Duvall cast. I forgot to add that uh, Robert Duvall uh, was friends with Ted Levine back in the 30s uh, when they were playing for the Harlem Globetrotters. So that's the connection. Yes. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> R.I.P. The Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> All right, y'all. Uh, it's been fun. It's been fake. It's been real or whatever. Go watch horror movies and have a great time. Have a great time. Thank you, Pinhead. <laughs> Thanks, Pinhead X. Yeah.